it lights me up to show women especially because it's not only like the religion or you know men I should say or that, that gives us these ideas we as women do it to each other too you know our society teaches us all these things that we have to be in order to be acceptable or in order to even be okay like a lot of these things we even put them put them upon ourselves and when we realize that when you see it you can't unsee it like once you see it you can't unsee it and it's not about being prideful or or selfish or, or any of those things it's it's just about the way that you perceive yourself and when you perceive yourself like I said through the eyes of love you're actually able to perceive others that way you you become more loving that's something that just really it just lights me up when I see the the light bulb go off in in women when they realize holy cow you know like I am precious as a young child Edwina Adams was quiet by nature she would whisper when speaking. In boot camp, she was thrashed for not yelling loud enough. But when she discovered her ex-husband was a con man, she started to make noise, proving you don't have to be loud to make some noise. Now Edwina's on a mission to motivate. So kick back and tune in for candid conversations with those who have harnessed the power of their voices. Let's make some noise. Welcome to Let's Make Some Noise, where no matter what you sound like, you can make some noise. And this is also where noise is my acronym for a narrative of inspiration, strength, and encouragement. And today I'm so honored to have Vera Lurie with me. I met Vera actually um, almost a year ago, and we just like were soul sisters. We connected, and I love her so much. And then I found out about her story, which is absolutely incredible. And she has a book that I um, ordered and I have read. She wrote a book called Dad Scares Me, God Scares Me, her journey from polygamous cult to freedom. Now, Vera was born into a polygamous cult in 1971 and is one of 57 children. She escaped out of Mexico with her three young children and came to America. She's built a successful business and is now inspiring others with her amazing story. As a matter of fact, Vera... <laughs> You are why I started talking about my past. Like oh. literally, I read your book and I was like, if she can do this, <laughs> I can do this. So wow. thank you. Well, mm -hmm. and thank you for having me. I'm excited to, to be here with you. And that was an awesome introduction. So thank you. And yeah, this is going to be fun. So Vera, I've read your, your book and I know a lot of the answers to these questions just from what I've, you know, you were so vulnerable in your book. It, it's, it's amazing. And you know, you talk about you were one of 57 children. As a child, um, what was that like, just as a child experiencing that life? Well, I I didn't know. It, it was all I knew. But um, looking back at it now, I could see how there wasn't a place for me to really have a voice because I was like a number and <laughs> there was so, so many kids and um, so many needs that you kind of put yourself and your voice um, aside so that you can help take care of, you know, your, your siblings because there were so many of us. So um, yeah, it was, 
looking back on it, I can see the struggle. But when I was in it as a little girl, I just didn't understand. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. I mean, um, as silly as it sounds, like, because it, it's zero comparison, but like, middle, I'm a middle child. And there are a lot of middle children that feel like I'm just kind of lost in the mix. And that's just one of three children. So I can only imagine what one of 57 would do to your to your psyche and and having that feeling um what steps do you feel like you took as an adult to overcome that well probably a few years before I left the cult I started to kind of learn about self-love and that kind of stuff I've taken a lot of steps since leaving the cult um because like growing up in the cult not only was I taught that women weren't worth anything and that you know, that men were the better uh, of the sexes, you know, that God had more use for a man than for a woman. And I was put here to please a man pretty much. Um, Not only that, but just like I said, growing up with such a large, large family, like I remember as a child, I remember just wanting a banana, like I, I, you know, because there was so many of us, it was hard for dad to feed us all and um, craving a banana and not being able to to have it because the the baby needed it, you know, and I remember spooning the banana out and giving it to the baby and just wanting to like have one little bite, you know, (laughs) just things like that to where, I mean, it was a lot, you know, I learned a lot of how to love others, but I learned a lot also about how I, I didn't matter, you know, what my needs or my feelings just had no value. Yeah. And that, that's why it's so incredible what you did and what you accomplished. Um, and, and I've met, you know, one of your sons and he's amazing. You know, he's an adult, he helps in your business now, and he's got a a beautiful, amazing family himself. And you can tell he's very respectful of you. Um, how do you feel like that upbringing affected motherhood for you once you were out of the cult? Right. Um, I would say that, so the biggest thing that I've learned or that I've managed to teach myself and I love to teach others is, is in order to truly love yourself, you have to be able to see yourself through the eyes of love. And that's really, really hard to do. You know, we're so hard on ourselves. And, and I feel like raising children, that was like my desire was to teach them how to to view themselves the way that God would view them, to see themselves the way that God sees them. God sees us with compassion and, and kindness and patience and understanding, you know. And also, I think one of the biggest things about loving yourself is, is to also practice, you know, self-discipline. Self-discipline is like one of the highest forms of self-love that there is. If you're disciplined enough to get in, the, get up in the morning when you, at the time you say you're going to go work out, uh, t- call 50 clients or whatever it is, the goals that you set for yourself to, to, to practice self-discipline is, like I say, I think it's the highest form of self-love that there is. But that together with seeing yourself through the eyes of love you know, knowing that when you tell yourself things like, I'm not good enough, or I could never dare to do that, that, that God doesn't think that of you, you know, that's not seeing yourself through the eyes of love. Because a lot of people think that self-love is about, you know, just, oh, getting yourself pedicures and manicures and massages and, and um, being pushy about certain things. Self-love really is, is the way that you view yourself. 
Oh my gosh, I love that. You're you're right. Um, that brings me to your title. You know, <laughs> how did you learn? Like God scared you. How did you learn that He loves you? Yes, that took that took some work. I think I I'm, I can't remember exactly how old I was, but I think I was maybe twenty five, twenty six. The first time that I ever thought, what? Like, God loves me? Like, little old me? Like, I I never felt loved. It's so crazy to think that I went that many years and never felt loved. And I was actually reading a book at the time. It was a book that I had bought at a garage sale. It was called A Return to Love. Um, And that's when I understood a little bit more about spirit and that kind of stuff. And I realized that, wow, I'm actually lovable, you know, (laughs) but it took me a while. It's not something that just happened overnight. Um, you, you just have, I I just had this desire and this longing to, to understand life. I, I had been taught so many untruths and, and so much hogwash about women and life and God. And I just wanted to, I, I longed to understand, to know what things were true and what wasn't. And I, I feel like the more that I set out on that journey to understand, the more I understood myself. And now I really do believe that the greatest gift you could ever give somebody is the gift of them, teach them how to know themselves. Because mm-hmm. that, that's when you find God truthfully and, and finding God, you find yourself. It's, it's just, it kind of works. Yeah. Together. Uh, I love it. Yeah. You can't deny that we're spiritual beings. I mean, there's, there's scientific evidence of that now, right? I mean, yes. uh, a, a person dies and they literally see energy leave mm-hmm. a body. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have a soul, we have an energy that was created by a creator. You can't even make a table without a creator. How, right? how, how can we be made, you know, like this without a creator? So, and so many women, especially not just in America, but like all the countries have been suppressed and lied to about what God really says. And um, I love, you know, once you get in and read it yourself, you realize it. Jesus elevated women like so many people think that he him and God tear women down and no that was man man was in the Bible doing that you know but God does not so so glad you know your worth and you're speaking up about it and teaching other people it lights me up to show women especially because it's not only like the religion or you know men I should say or that, that gives us these ideas. We as women do it to each other too. You know, our society teaches us all these things that we have to be in order to be acceptable or in order to even be okay. Like a lot of these things, we even put them, put them upon ourselves. And when we realize that, and when you see it, you can't unsee it. Like once you see it, you can't unsee it. And it's not about being prideful or or selfish, or, or any of those things. It's it's just about the way that you perceive yourself. And when you perceive yourself, like I said, through the eyes of love, you're actually able to perceive others that way. You, you become more loving. That's something that just really 
it just lights me up when I see the, the light bulb go off in, in women when they realize, holy cow, you know, like I am precious, you know? Definitely. That's so beautiful. Um, another thing I was curious about, so, you know, you, you escaped out of another country uh, into America with right. three children. Is that right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I don't know their ages. You can say that if you want at that time. But whenever you did six, the oldest was 12 and, and nine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. So little. And <laughs> exactly. So when you did that, um, you know, I know in America, we don't do community very well. And as, and as terrible as the cult was, there was a, there was a, a community, right? Right. People Mm -hmm. relied on each other and helped each other and did things. Mm -hmm. And so you walked away from that, which is hard for motherhood, no matter what, especially if you've had it and then you lose it. So can you tell me about that journey? Because I'm a little curious myself. That was actually one of the, the hardest things. So I guess we should probably tell your listeners that I was, um, Apart from being one of 57 children that my father had with his 11 wives, I was married off at the age of 16 to a 30-year-old as his third wife. He had actually been married to a half-sister of mine, and then she was killed in a car accident and left three small children, and I helped raise those children along with having children of my own. So after leaving the cult, I no longer had a relationship with you know, anybody from there, but especially the three small children that I had helped raise. And, um, and that was like one of the hardest things, like in spite of being so excited that I was free and that I was able to make a life for myself and that I was teaching my children a better way. Um, all of that was great, but what was really hard is the loneliness, just feeling lonely because I, I that sense of community, I missed that. You know, and and if I took each person from the cult individually, I didn't have an issue with them. It was just the whole, the whole religion and the whole belief system that they all held that was problematic. Um, so that was yes, that was really really hard. I think I immersed myself in um, in business and building my business. Um, I made lots of friendships. Like all of my customers or my clients were. You know, they'd follow me around as I was in there cleaning their house, you know, telling me their woes and their things. And um, I just felt really good friendships there. And that's kind of where I I found solace. Um, But yeah, that was hard. Yeah, I I can only imagine that as well. And um, it sounds like it was like you picked the right career because it did give you opportunity to build... um, intimate relationships with clients and then they became you know hardcore believers in you and shared about your business and it grew and how long have you had that business now it's been 21 years and believe it or not we still have some of the original customers are you serious how flattering (laughs) very cool (laughs) i'm sure they're so proud of you And the kids run, the the kids came aboard and run that business now so that I can dedicate my, my life to doing other things and doing, um, my coaching and writing and speaking, all that fun stuff. The cult you were in happens to have a documentary out right now. And, um, 
Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, I, I haven't watched the documentary. It just it just came out last night on Hulu. Um, my son told me about it. It's called The Daughters of the Cult. And I think it's just like a four-part series. I, I'm not sure. Like I said, I haven't watched it. But that's the cult that I grew up in. That's um, This is about my, hus- my husband from the cult's uncle. He was a murderer. And so the documentary is all about Ervil LeBaron and the murders and the stuff that he did. Um, and it's, you know, his daughters are, I guess two of his daughters are telling the story. But yes, um, I haven't wanted to watch it only because I don't know if I want to like go back emotionally because it's just hard, you know. But I know that um, that uh, like my ex-sister-in-law is in that documentary and it's just talking. It gives you a, a, a bigger picture um, so my book takes you on the the uh, personal journey, like you, you get to be inside my head and inside my heart of how I'm feeling when I am being forced to live this law. Um, but the documentary will tell you a lot of details about the cult, like I said, the murders and the beliefs and, and you know, some of the stuff that went on. Vera, what is the most challenging thing that life has been teaching you just over this past year? Over this past year, I think the most challenging thing that I've life has been teaching me is about surrender. It's about Mm -hmm. surrendering. And and people think when you say surrender that you're meaning like, you know, Oh, you just have to give up and or stop the fight or it's not about that. It's just about, I, cause I come from the mindset that pain is inevitable in this life. Right. But suffering you don't, you don't have to suffer Mm -hmm. and suffering comes from resisting what is. Yes. That is so good. Which yes. And it's really deep, but pretty much, I mean, I'm going to make it uh, um, really simple. Like if you step outside, you're going to have a parade today and you step outside and it's raining. And so then you're like, Oh, you know, I mean, Granted, you hope that it wouldn't rain on your parade day or whatever, but it's raining. So just practicing this feeling of like letting go or like relax, taking taking the steps. What's the next step? What do I got to do next now? Now it's going to rain. Maybe we got to get tense. Maybe, you know, you have to, you have to um, pivot, but it's, it's just, it's this way of thinking. Like you just surrender. This is what's presenting in the moment. Stop resisting it. It's mm-hmm. just there's days that rain and days that don't. And we do this constantly. Like, you know, we don't, we don't even realize how much we resist. And it just makes us tense. It makes us on a deeper level miserable, you know, unhappy. But when you learn how to surrender, just say, hey, this is what life's shown me in the moment. Like, you know, this is this is what's right in front of me. And just, okay, what, what inspired action do I need to take next? Instead of being like, oh, it shouldn't be. Why is this happening? Oh no, please don't let this happen to me. It's like, just surrender. Surrender right. to in the moment that, I mean, there's tons of things. Surrender to that your brother told you off and, you know, whatever. Hey, that that's what's happening in the moment. So that's been a, something that I, I've really, really learned in this last year. More, mm-hmm. more about surrendering. That is so powerful. And we all need to be better at that. There have been times I've been great at that and times I didn't. And I know the times that I wasn't, um, I tried to make it as brief as possible. <laughs> and, and then remember, oh, yeah, <laughs> just got to let go. Because as my listeners 
know, um, if they've listened to many of my episodes, I had a health health scare in 2020. And that's where I learned like, let go, because I was kind of a control freak. (laughs) And I realized, okay, I got to let go. And now I'm actually back in the same position. I'm having um, some health issues. And it has been like, it's been amazing, because I have just like, what can I do? I mean, I'm here, I'm just gonna accept that it's happening and do what I need to do next. Yeah. Um, if I fight it, I'm just going to make this harder on myself, on my body. <laughs> and so that's a beautiful lesson. Thank you. Thank you. Just take the inspired action. It's yeah. inspired because it, it it's because you're in the place of surrender. This is what's happening. Okay. What needs to happen next? It's not coming from a place of panic or control or anything. It's just, you're, you're, you're inspired to see this doctor. You feel inspired to take, you know, this, this supplement or do whatever it is that you're doing, but you're still coming from that place of surrender where you're just mm-hmm. surrendering to, to, to whatever it is that life is presenting to you in the moment. And it just brings, it does make you feel more of a sense of fulfillment and, and you're right. It, it you get really good at it sometimes. And then sometimes you didn't do so good, but <laughs> awareness is 99% of the work, right? right? <laughs> exactly. Um, and you're right also that, uh, Surrender actually involves a lot of action. So it's definitely not giving up. It's mm-hmm. just, okay, mm-hmm. we got to pivot here. <laughs> what's, exactly. what's the step I need to take? So very, very good. So again, you know, noise for me is a narrative of inspiration, strength, and encouragement. What legacy do you aspire to leave with the noise that you show up with? I want to leave the legacy of, of just showing as many women as I can to to inspire them to to get to that place to just, like I said to see themselves through the eyes of love to be kind to kind and and patient and you know um just non-judgmental and you know I mean to, to do the things be disciplined and do the things that you need to do but not from that mean voice that oh you're just the you know, you're, oh, you're such a failure, such a loser or whatever it is that we, we call ourselves. You know, I want to leave a legacy of inspiring as many women as I can to see themselves through the eyes of love. I love it. And you guys can start your journey, get her book. I I really do recommend it. Um, I know it's on Amazon. It might be on your website as well. And I'll give you a minute to talk about that. But, um, this book is so good. It is so well written. It's very vulnerable. And you do you get to walk the journey with Vera and uh, in an amazing way. So, um, you know, thank thank you. Vera, is there anything else you want to add? Where can people connect with you? Um, Well, all of my handles are Vera Larie. So it's L-A-R-E-E, V-E-R-A-L-A-R-E-E. They can find me on on, uh, just all the social media that's out there. Um, and then yes, the book is on Amazon. It's called dad scares me. God scares me. Um, by Vera Lurie. And yeah, I, you could, 
people can reach out to me too. They can send me messages if they do read the book and they, they have other questions or they have parts that really move them or touch them. Um, they can, they'll, they'll be able to find me and, and message me. And, um, I love hearing from people. I love even hearing just people's story of their journeys and, and how they learn to love themselves more. And, um, you know, so yeah, that's pretty much where they can find me at Vera Lurie all over. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. I just love chatting with you um, off air and on air and really just love your heart so much. Everybody, you know, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, leave a, if you listen to this and Vera inspired you, let us know in the review. We'll make sure she sees that as well. And um, you can also find all of my handles at edwinnaadams.com and just see what I'm up to. And thanks for being here.